Welcome to the Matthias J. Barker Podcast, everybody. My name is Matthias. I'm a psychotherapist from Spokane, Washington, and this is a podcast about mental health and moving towards what's meaningful, even despite hardship. Today we're talking about marriage, and you know, I remember a couple weeks ago I talked about how I, I get the most flack when I talk about babies and having children, why having children is a good thing, and I get a lot of negative messages when I talk about that. Marriage is another one of those things. I get so much negative feedback when I talk about marriage because it's not really a mystery. I just think our deepest wounds in life come from the most intertwined and personal relationships we have. And so whether that's parents that got divorced, whether that's a marriage that you were in or a relationship that you want to be in, there's just so much writing on marriage in our culture. And there's a few different answers about how to address that. One would be to devalue marriage and just kind of be like, hey, it's we can just kind of be in these long-term, you know, monogamous, polyamorous relationships. And as long as everything's consensual and meeting everyone's needs, like everything's just fine. You know, like people can have just as positive outcomes um, if they just are committed to each other for as long as it's beneficial. You know, why do we have to get all legal with it and sign up? you know, for lifelong commitments when I don't even know who you're going to be in 10 years. And so I just think our culture is suspicious of that proposition. And so what I want to do is just give a little bit of, I don't know, my opinion, my my view on why I think marriage is still beneficial and a pretty great idea. And so I hope you enjoy. Why get married? I think a lot of people grow up with uh, parents who didn't make marriage look very desirable, right? Like there's a lot of contention, there's a lot of arguing, there's a lot of fighting, um, or they were just like silent and really cold to one another. They didn't look very um, in love. And maybe that culminated in some sort of divorce. Like that was just, you know, suffering to endure, like going back and forth between mom's house, the contention, the, the contempt for one another, the, that you observed and trying to stand in the middle of what seemed to be like a civil war, a civil war that wasn't just happening with your parents, but was happening in you. Maybe it looked like being, you know, raised in a household where they stayed together for the sake of the marriage, but you could tell they were super unhappy. And uh, so when you see that, it's like, why would I want to get married? Why would I want to shackle myself to somebody for the rest of my life? And and maybe give up my ability to give consent to what I want in my life. Like, doesn't it seem better to just maybe be with someone and be committed to someone, but as long as the relationship is mutually beneficial. And then, you know, if we drift apart or if there's emotional distance or if people just change as they do, then we can part ways and no harm, no foul. Right? So that seems like the solution. But what I want to do is make a case for why marriage is actually still a better arrangement, why there's pieces of it that can still be beneficial. And I want to make a psychological case for that. So uh, maybe it's, it's good to start with the idea that, um, that all intimacy is limiting. And it is as limiting as it is intimate. Meaning like if I say, hey, let's get dinner, you know, tonight and and then you're like, okay, I'll make a, you know, a reservation and we got one at six o'clock. Then what I'm doing is I'm limiting my options for the night. I can't go out and hang out with another friend. I can't, um, you know, sit in my PJs and watch TV tonight. I, I'm going to get dressed and I'm going to go and I'm going to meet you at 6 p.m. And that means I can't work past 6 p.m. And, you know, it, it has all sorts of limitations in there. And 
that's the case with intimacy is intimacy limits your options. And so if you date someone, if you date someone and you say, let's be exclusive romantically, I'm not going to engage in romantic conversation or affection with anyone else but you for the time that we've designated, you know, in our dating relationship, that's a limitation as well. So you got to ask yourself, why are you okay with those limitations if you're not okay with more extreme limitations? Because the idea is that the greater the limitation, the greater the intimacy. I mean, and there's exceptions to that, of course, and there's context for that, but that's generally kind of the idea is that the greater commitments you make to one another, the greater intimacy there is, or I should say the greater potential there is for intimacy. That's more accurate. And you might be thinking, okay, well, what's the advantage of committing for the rest of your life? Like what, <laughs> why does that create an environment that gives more intimacy? And well, you know, whenever we lay down um, an expectation, whenever we set terms on, a, on not just a relationship, but terms on an activity, what we're doing is we're trying to designate what is relevant information and what is irrelevant information? Meaning, so like, let's say um, I'm going to make you breakfast. And if I tell you I'm going to bring you some breakfast, you're, you're probably not going to be expecting like a bowl of clam chowder or, you know, I don't know, curry or something. I mean, depends where you grew up. Depends your part of the world. Where I grew up, it's like bacon and eggs and uh, potatoes and maybe a bagel or a fruit smoothie. Like, like there's no world where I'm bringing you, I don't know, like a uh, stew. <laughs> you know, for breakfast. And so that's, that's good though, because then when I'm going to the grocery store and I'm picking out what I'm going to make you for breakfast, I'm not going through every single aisle in the grocery store, right? Because there's a limitation, there's an expectation and a limitation. And that actually creates efficacy in me being able to navigate a particular task. And so that, that's why we do that. That's why we categorize just generally is because there's infinite options of what I could make you for breakfast. So I need to narrow those options by creating an expectation. And then when I do that, I can act more functionally in the world. Does that make sense? And so when I lay out an expectation, like I'm never going to leave you, what information becomes relevant and irrelevant? Well, okay, so this is good. So um, when I'm in an argument with you, I'm not thinking, crap, I got to navigate this in such a way that he doesn't leave or she doesn't leave. And that is an incredibly helpful limitation to set on an argument because then you can actually try to solve the problem and you don't have this anxiety in the back of your head of crap, 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 crap. I hope he doesn't go. It's like you can just you can just solve the problem as it lays in front of you. And that's incredibly helpful because um, some problems are really, really hard to solve and take a lot of motivation. And you need to be focused. You need to have kind of the structure. You need to have maybe expectations and limitations on the argument so that one of you doesn't pull like the nuclear option because that, that creates kind of this hostage negotiation sometimes where people aren't actually trying to advocate for their needs and be honest with what they want. They're just trying to maintain the relationship or maintain the other person's expectations of them or maintain interest. Like you can't be you like fully you. And that's what it does is like it creates an environment where you can be completely honest with your failures, with your limitations, with the areas that you're embarrassed, your shame. And then when that's met, with acceptance and love, gosh, that is the deepest intimacy I think humans can experience is to be fully seen and fully known. Like on and on every level. And but, but we know that doesn't always happen, right? There's that vulnerability, there's that openness of let me show you fully and then there's rejection or there's manipulation or there's abuse. And, and so that's why of course there's circumstances that marriage isn't the right option or that divorce needs to happen, separation needs to happen. But I wanna talk about the potential here because there's potential for this immense vulnerability 
to be the catalyst for this incredible sense of intimacy and knownness. You know, there's a thought that comes to mind in all this as well, which is, doesn't like the dating relationship actually kind of protect against this? Because like, doesn't that ability to leave kind of keep people on their toes so that they can't act abusively and terribly and, you know, so they can't just do whatever they want or be whoever they want. Like they actually have to take the other person into account. Like, isn't that kind of, it's almost like a market protection. Um, like that if you behave terribly or if you, I don't know, you change all of a sudden or you stop taking an interest in me or if you stop taking care of yourself, it's like, then I can leave. And, and so that motivates the other person to, to A, B, C, D. And my question to that is like, do you really want your partner motivated out of fear for all those things? Like, do you want your partner having sex with you because they're afraid you'll leave? That doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> like, don't you want them to have sex with you because they want to? Like, don't you want someone, you know, taking care to take your expectations or desires or your dreams into account because they love you? Because, because they enjoy delighting you? Like, do you really want to, you know, the the bedrock of what you enjoy about the relationship to be held up, held up by fear? No, like no one wants that. And so that's what I think the marriage commitment does is it like it says, okay, we're going to have to negotiate. We're going to have to problem solve because I'm going to be completely open and vulnerable with you. And then I, and, and vice versa. And, and we're going to try our best to like come together with acceptance and love for one another. And then in that place, there's going to be times when I'm going to lay down my desires and you're going to lay down your desires. And we're going to try to meet each, meet each other where we're at. We're going to negotiate. We're going to build a life that's mutually fulfilling and beneficial for each person. And there's going to be times when, because we're just two different people, where, where that's not going to be like 100% what each person would have preferred every part of the time. But there's no space where I feel like I have to be dishonest or shut down what I'm feeling just to maintain or hope that this relationship keeps going because I can have this peace of mind that you're going to stay. And that even if we're not figuring it out right now, or even if it's been months that we've been going over the same argument, we're going to figure it out because we're in this. That's the advantage. That's what I don't think any other relationship has going for it. It's like the security to actually be honest and real and then unite your lives. You know, but there's also something to be said for the incredible vulnerability that this creates. Like, it, it would be great if it all worked out that way, but sometimes it doesn't. And so that's why it's actually good to keep in mind that, that marriage shouldn't be entered into lightly. Like, making a commitment like that to somebody is uh, really vulnerable. And if you do that, with someone that doesn't have good character and doesn't love you. It might be some of the deepest pain you experience. But, um, but if you do trust them, and if you love them and they love you and you respect them, then enter in with all your heart, like with all of it and be open and, uh, and endure, have courage, persevere because there might be something so magical and so incredible waiting at the other side of it all. Um, something being formed in the, in the arguments and in, I don't know, the negotiations and in trying to meet each other where we're at and trying to offer that acceptance. And, and that uh, crucible is the refinement, it's kind of a cheesy analogy, but is the refinement that, well, maybe both of you will become the best version of yourselves that you could possibly be. And maybe the unity of both of you would be something to behold.
If you found this episode meaningful, you might enjoy my marriage conflict workshop. So go ahead and find that at MatthiasJBarker.com.